Welcome back to Metal Beer and Bullshit. Grab a beer, grab a seat, and enjoy some metal, beer, and steaming piles of bullshit. Metalheads, beer drinkers, and bullshitters. This is Sean. I'm Juan. I'm Mike. And we have a special guest today, Skullshitter from New York. Oh, hell yeah. Gentlemen, welcome. Sick. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. Um, We're just stoked to be able to talk to y'all. Uh, not too bad. A little hungover. Right, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> A little hungover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. feeling that way too. Kind of slept in a little extra, but hey. That's a good Still Sunday, here. man. That's, that's what yeah. Sundays are for. Yep. <clears throat> Where'd you go last night, Ryan? I uh, went to I uh, went to a dance. Yeah. Went to the disco. Ah, nice. disco. Yeah. Where? In Loft. This disco yeah. in in Ridgewood. Oh, Ridgewood. Loft. Yeah. I don't know. That, that sounds a little that. suspect, man. <laughs> yeah, they have all these. It is. I mean, it's like an off the grid. Uh, they're kind of like non business. It's like in somebody's house kind of parties, you know the good ones yeah yeah exactly. yeah but how long is it how long has it been going on though right it's like a is it is it a loft party the it's the it's the guys that it's the same people that i work work at the loft with but um the loft has been going on since like 1969 holy shit yeah, yeah. Ryan, ex- explain that so these guys understand like i, I know about it it's like it's like pre i guess it's like uh the underground parties that were the predecessors to like what like disco like this was before disco clubs existed um a bunch of people that were kind of like in soho at the time which was like a bummy neighborhood at that time but they were basically just doing like rent parties um just you know throwing parties in in uh their house to uh you know, pay rent. Just pay rent, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that evolved into like people would people would go there, and then other other people um, would kind of take that model and start basically DJing from there. Like those parties, they never like they never mixed the records, but some of the people that went to those parties started experimenting with mixing records and beat matching, and and then eventually that turned into like what. Nice. You know, everybody knows as like, you know, modern dance music or whatever. So, it was, so it's like a way better version of uh, Cassandra and Crucial Taunt from Wayne's World when she had a rent party, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw Wayne's World, but I saw it. I think I actually saw it in the theaters, and I don't remember <laughs> like much about it. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> But so we got to ask, you know, skull shitter. We are big fans, um, dude. The fucking diversity that you guys have on all your albums—is that just something that y'all just kind of sit there and just kind of, you know, kind of sit on around beers, or just something that at the moment you just kind of, holy shit, this part is cool, or or because like the new album Go Claw, we are we are big fans of it. Oh, thanks. Right I really appreciate that. What do we do, Ryan? I mean, we kind of... It's the drugs, man. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly the drugs. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of lot of like different influences in that come from the three of us, and it usually, yeah, like you said, like spitball, like one bounces off the other, and like it's also kind of interesting to me because sometimes like Sean will come out and he'd be like, "Yo, I got this sick riff." And, you know, it's like a Slayer riff, but then when he plays it, it sounds more like a Bad Brains riff or something like that. And then whatever it reminds me of, he's like, oh, it's a Slayer riff. If I don't pick up on it being a Slayer riff right quick, right away, I might play it a little more like punk or like more like, a, I guess, to continue with the analogy, like Bad Brains would. And then Ryan picks up on that, and then it goes goes from a Slayer riff to a Bad Brains riff, and so the feel completely changes. But it might still be a Slayer riff. I don't know. So that might be why why it sounds so weird sometimes. But yeah, like, but mostly I think it's because like Ryan and Sean are really good with keeping things diverse and bringing bringing in a lot of other influences that I'm not normally used to listening to a bunch so and then i just take my meathead metalhead like approach to drums and be like oh yeah i think this sounds cool over this and i think that that's kind of how it works out but then other times there's like serious like focus on this part is going to sound specifically like such and such band okay. so it kind of gets like mixed up that way is that yeah yeah no, I think, I... yeah no, no I was going to say, ah, yes. here, let me, uh, basically, like, me and Sean will bring the riffs in, and then Rob will arrange most of the tunes, so we'll, we might bring shit that's, like, left field or whatever, and then through the filter of, like, Rob, it makes it, like, more cohesive, Does that makes sense? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the influences in the music all sound really good and organic. It's not contrived. It doesn't sound forced. I mean, it's it's nice and organic. And I mean, it comes off that you can tell what some of your influences might be, but it's nice that you've made it your own. You know, a lot of bands, you can they they almost force their influence on you. And it's I like when it's organic. It's, it sounds great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I've, I'm the same way. Like, I think you should, you know, there should be some very derivative parts in your music sometimes. I mean, at this point, because nothing is original anymore. So it's good to have, like, classic, recognizable uh, sections and, uh, like, sometimes even songs that are completely inspired by uh, one band or another to, like, kind of pay homage to, you know what I mean? So... And that's the thing is like when we do stuff like that, I'm like, let's make it obvious that that's what we want to do. Yeah. And other times we're like, let's just slip in a little bit of this to remind people that like, this is where the song kind of came from. Oh, outstanding, man. Cause that's, you know, that was one of the things that we really enjoyed is like, you know, you get like these hints of other bands and then, you know, especially like the progression of how you guys did everything. So you have like, you know, Feral Laws, that was more of like a grindcore album. And then the Bleeding Out, the Split LP comes out and it's like you added like other tones of death and maybe like a doom style. And then you bring in Go Call and it's just amazing because you have all those elements plus this newer element. And then you throw in things like Smoke Break and it's just, it's fucking awesome. It really is. It takes you on this like really wild ride. 
Yeah, definitely. Those like Smoke Break, I think is probably one of my favorite songs on the album, and I wasn't even there. <laughs> <laughs> like we tracked a bunch of shit, and I was like, guys, I gotta go. I gotta go to work. And Ryan brought his friend Mike in, and uh, Nichols, right? Yeah, Mike Nichols. Yeah, and then so Sean and Ryan put together this thing, and with Mike and like <laughs> they're like, you're gonna love this shit. I was like, all right. And every time they say that, there's always something wild about to happen. <laughs> Actually, I met Mike from from those same uh, dance parties. He play, he brings his drums to the party, and then he'll play like congas and stuff um, along with the DJ music. Dude, that's that's where I met man. him. And I was, yeah, and then and then one time, one time it was just like the the Akron, It was back when the Akron was open, and um, they had like a anniversary barbecue show where it had like a big kind of a festival or whatever and then we was playing there and then i invited him i think i was at like a party the other night and i was like hey fuck my band's gonna play tomorrow you should come down i was just telling him like come down and check it out he brought his all his uh, hand drums and shit and he was like yo like where do i sit up i was like oh uh, uh, i guess right there the <laughs> And yeah. I remember that. That was great. I was like, what is happening? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, you Drugs, got, man. You guys are in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Brooklyn's become such a diverse and kind of really artsy area. I mean, area. Like, it's, I remember back in the day, we used to go up to Brooklyn to see concerts and you parked, you know, we'd go up to Lemoore and you'd park the car and you fucking ran to the venue. You didn't stop. Right. <laughs> and like, I hadn't been up in a long time and we went up to St. Vitus a while back to CX order. And it was, I mean, you could actually walk at three in the morning and not be afraid of getting, you know, shivved in the fucking street. Yeah. Three points. Good. Like that. Like I, I currently, I work at St. Vitus. I have like since they've opened, but, um, green points, pretty chill. The only thing you really have to worry about is like getting harassed by a drunk local Polish guy. <laughs> We could pay him off. Semi homeless. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> or a bottle of vodka. Yeah, I mean the area is really nice. Uh, Juan was just up a couple weeks ago to see Misery Index. Um, oh, cool. I had COVID. I had COVID, so I had to stay home from. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, how are you guys? How did you guys survive during that uh, the whole COVID kind of lockdown? Is it just you just all got together and decided, fuck it, we're going to do the goat claw, or is it just something that was kind of you know, on the, the shelf to begin with and just kind of did it that way. Well, all right. Well, um, I'll take part of this. So uh, we actually started recording Goat Claw or songs for, for Goat Claw and the Bleeding Out Split and all like, I guess, summer, right? Was it like early summer of 2019? Okay. Right, Ryan? Something like that. So, what we did is we had a grip of songs and then um, we were like, okay, these, you know, there's going to be shows and we still were kind of like on track with let's finish this record and try to get things going. So, I mean, we were only really locked down for like three months, but then we also did the John Joseph thing. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was in September. Yeah. Holy shit, man. You guys have been busy. I didn't, you know, I kind of always thought that everybody kind of just shut down during COVID, but damn, you guys did stay busy. 
Yeah, it was nuts. I mean, Rob didn't. I don't think he mentioned it, but like he basically shattered his his right elbow. His whole arm was like fucked. Um, and they yeah. put they put it all together. I think what you still you have like a metal some metal in there or some shit yeah. still. Yeah, I have a permanent metal plate. I don't know if you can see it, but it's like there's like this bump. Can you see that? Oh yeah, there's yeah, a holy bump. Fuck. Damn, dude. Yeah, that's an, that's a metal plate. <laughs> and it goes goes to the other side. There's a scar. I don't know if you can see the scar. Yeah, we can cut. Yeah. yeah, we can make it out. Holy shit, man. Yeah, does pretty that, gnarly. Yeah, does that bother you when you're playing? Uh, no. I mean, when we play, I'm also a little older now, so we got to really warm up. But there's, you know, I have to warm up a lot in order for the flexibility to come in because it's, one thing I didn't do is change my setup, so my symbols are still really high. So I got, <laughs> I got to, I got to reach for them a little bit when I play. So. But other than that, it's it's fine. It's actually gotten a lot better. And then the nerves, there was nerve damage, and that was kind of the the bigger issue, is because um, it it went down my arm to my pinky and ring finger, and that was partially numb and tingly. Yeah. And when you play drums, those those fingers are the is what moves the sticks. You know, you got your wrist and your arm, your elbow, your shoulder, but in the end, like all the really fast shit comes from your fingers. So, like, just getting that shit to work right. And, you know, there's nothing you can really do to speed up, like, nerves to, like, reconnect. You, know, you can try to do acupuncture or some shit like that. But, yeah, holy um, shit. But, yeah, I mean, it worked. And, you know, it's just, like, will and determination. And then the patience from Ryan and Sean It's what really, you know, kept it going because, like, not only am I a fucking wild drummer when it comes to keeping steady time, <laughs> stuff like that, but like add an injury to that. And then it's like even weirder. So these guys being as patient and uh, like, you know, supportive as they were, so really kind of kept it together for me. So I appreciate that. No, understandable, man. Because, like I said, it's cool how you all gel together. Like I said, it's like when we were when you were saying earlier about how you know your different influences, and it just kind of works how it all comes together. Especially for a three piece, man. It's you know, you guys sound ten times bigger than just a three piece, which is fucking awesome. Tones, bro. You tones, <laughs> tones, and full stacks where it's at. Don't be afraid to turn that shit up. Well, that's how it is in metal. That's how it should be in metal. That's right. And in disco. <laughs> and in disco. <laughs> actually, actually, my setup too is is uh, one of the amps is like a four four ten, and then the other one is a one fifteen. And I don't know, I don't remember how somebody was like selling it or some shit, and and then I was like, oh fuck, I can get the fifteen because bass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hell yes. Now, do you play? Do you switch off being distorted on the bass? And then go back to like a heavier tones, or you just kind of just rip straight through on distortion. I I usually pretty much just use the one tone. I mean, since we started doing the smoke break song, um, I take it off for that. But on this last tour, Rob bought me a EQ pedal, so um, I'm gonna start fucking with that, and then maybe from there start experimenting with you know maybe you know distortion A for 
such and such song and distortion B or whatever. But I, I just use a right now. I just used a, a ODB pedal, the regular overdrive one that everybody uses. Yeah, because it's it, got that thick, heavy sound. So heavy. That's so awesome. I mean, it's the, the, the Sunhead. That's why Rob Rob got this Sunhead. That that shit in combination with the pedals makes it fucking crispy. Yeah, that you got that crazy Richie custom P bass, the hot rodded with the EMG in it and everything. Everything's oh. super fucking metaled out. It's it's EMGs, it's distortion pedal, it's sun amps, every, all the distortions on. <laughs> the way it should be. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> It's definitely like it's it's a little bit meaner than Sean's guitar tone sometimes, but kind of need that. Well, yeah, because that's what I was gonna say. Sean's uh, his guitar actually it's crazy because you know his guitar almost complements the bass sound because it's like you have that driving rhythm section between you two, and then Sean's guitar just kind of adds that like third element. That's why I said it always sounds so much bigger than just three guys. Thick and nasty. Yeah, just nasty. Yeah. yeah. Cool, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, what's up? We try to do that. Try to keep an actual rhythm section together. <laughs> <laughs> We're band, man, right? We're this is a band. This is what bands do. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I like my women. Strong. And nasty. <laughs> so and, 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 and thick. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> But as uh, us three are, are big fans of especially like the old school um, extreme style music. And the one thing that I've seen that you guys have added into your stuff is you're adding these great little clips. And it brings us back to like the old school sound where the guys would start putting these little great little clips from like movies and, and whatnot in these sounds. Is, is this just something you guys are going to like kind of keep doing or is it just something you just kind of, hey, we're going to throw it on this album? Because it's fucking cool how you just added that in there. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, no, we've kind of had it for a while. Like, I guess it wasn't on the demo because we, I didn't have, we weren't really a hundred percent figured out what we were going yet. But it, to be honest with you, kind of evolved from our our live performance because we'd end up playing and all three of us sing right. And we're playing these short songs. We're like doing ladder sprints one after another. And then, then we'd like take a second to try to catch our breath before we start the next song. But then the crowd's just sitting there looking at us and we're just like panting. (laughs) Uh, Banter. Shit. Yeah. We need to talk. Someone needs to talk. And I was like, you know what? Let me just get this fucking sampler. And I can just run samples between songs <laughs> so we don't have to say anything. And that worked for a minute until and Ryan doesn't do this anymore because I don't think we don't have those kind of drugs. You know, like every strand is different. <laughs> but for a while, people would go to the show to listen to Ryan talk about Taco Bell. Because he would just put a rant song. Just rant about the ninety-nine cent menu. That's <laughs> and the ensuing <laughs> diarrhea. Yeah, dude, it was it was pretty great. Like uh, the, everybody was into that. It was awesome. But then, yeah, right. and then I thought about. I was like, yeah, we should go to Taco Bell and record ourselves, like in ordering something ridiculous to just keep this thing going. But we never did. 
We don't really go to Taco Bell anymore. I don't even know where. I don't even know where there is Taco Bell now. There's one by my house, but it's not a drive through. Used uh, used to be one in Bushwick, but I think it closed. Cantina. Yeah. (laughs) You got to start wearing Taco Bell shirts on stage. See if they'll promote you. I used to have the app. They they have an app. (laughs) Yeah, the Cravenator. Yeah. True fan. <laughs> the only thing I think I'd be worried about is if my audience was a bit stoned and just got hungry and wanted to leave for Taco Bell right away during the show. That'd yeah, be the three only songs downfall. In, you're like, what the fuck? Where's everything yeah. going? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but after that, I was like, all right, let's just kind of roll with this. And then I watched a bunch of fucked up weird, you know, B movies and stuff like that. And, uh, then there's just, I just find it really funny. So I was like, yeah, let me throw this in there. Like, again, like I was like mortician fan. And, uh, you know, even as a little kid, like the whole white zombie Rob zombie shit, you know, like kind of turned me on to it too. And I was like, all right, I kind of remember all that old stuff. And I was like, I just like having that kind of vibe. And it also, it's nice to have like breaks and some like, like rests in the meat in like a, a playlist or in the album to kind of like give the listeners ear something else to listen to, to kind of change the texture a little bit, which is also another reason for like smoke break and access Mundi. And then like on the first album, like head cleaner and uh, what was the other one? Like our noise tracks and stuff. They're always like placed in play in, in the album as like palate cleansers because heavy metal, death metal, like fucking like death metal and crying core gets really, it's awesome and it's extreme and it's loud and it's fucking, it's a wall of fucking noise and shredding. But if it's just always that it kind of washes over you and you kind of get kind of tired of it, your ears get fatigued. So it's kind of nice to have something to like give you a rest and then you can get back into the music and get you to listen to it, you know, kind of refresh you a little bit. So I think doing that live helps a lot. It also kind of lends to the sense of humor too. So, which is important for me because I just, in this world of like over, you know, people who are just way too serious about their, their black metal, usually <laughs> it's, it's just, just like, I'm like, all right, well, I'm here to have fun. I don't know about you guys. So let's have fun, get silly a little bit. I know everybody's getting drunk, so let's just fucking get down. So, yeah, the, you know. the black metal crowd is definitely a bit on the serious side. I know we were, we were at a show a couple of years back and <laughs> the singer was having a bad night and somebody we know went and wanted to give the guy a hug. And he was like, no, no, no. no. So we, t- I still have my paint on. Yeah. <laughs> back away. So we were talking to like John McAtee from incantation. He was like, dude, it's black metal. Just leave it. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And that dude's even pretty serious most of the time. John, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, well, they're, I mean, you got to figure, they're kind of like in between like that black metal, death metal kind of scene, I guess. I mean, Incantation's pretty fucking intense. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, they've been doing it long enough to where they can they can act however they want. It's fine. But like at the same time, it's like, yo, you're a grown ass man <laughs> singing like fucking cookie monster in front of a bunch of other people. 
other grown ass men. You're like, seriously? Like, are you serious about this? Come on. Like, yeah, you're serious because you're serious about your music, but you can't look at yourself and be like, yo, that guy's really, uh, it's some serious business. You've got to stay serious. They're like, that's not silly at all. You're fucking silly, dude. This is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think reality is absurd in itself, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, you can't take any part of life like that seriously. No, and and, so. and again, you can go on with the black metal stories for days. I mean, some of that shit, it's great music, but the, the fucking seriousness makes it so hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the... That was one thing I learned. I was like in college once, once, long time ago. <laughs> anyway, and I was like doing video stuff. And, you know, everybody, like you're young and you're like, you want to make something serious, like some sort of like dramatic short. These were the assignments, right? You make like some sort of thing. Anyway, I learned that like trying to make a horror film, a little, a little horror short or some like drama short. Usually, if you don't do it right and perfectly, it just looks silly and dumb. And it's more of a comedy than anything else. So it's just like, well, why not just err on the side of comedy? Because it's always going to be a good time. <laughs> Someone's going to miss it. So. No, I mean, Bruce Campbell kind of proved that out. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, hell yeah. But you need, you, need, you need the serious stuff, too, for a certain time. It's a balance. You know what I mean? So, like, you have, like, your... Like, uh, say, like a Daniel Day Lewis or some shit, like somebody that's like, no, I'm gonna stay in character for the whole fucking six months I'm filming this movie. Or you know what I mean? Or that, has Bale. Its, that's its, that, that has its place too, because then you could go deep into that that zone, you know, and it creates a atmosphere or whatever. So I like, I like, I like all that shit too, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely. <clears throat> We definitely have songs where we're like trying to be a little more evil than than funny. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, but it's a great balance, like you said. It's good to have like that fun side as well because it kind of makes you a little bit approachable for the fans. But you know, you also have that. It's like you know, if we need to turn it up, we can really crank it out as well. So no, it's it's that's what I mean. You guys have a great balance as far as that goes. I appreciate that. I mean, I would I would definitely argue that death metal fans are the the most diverse and probably best sense of humor and most well-balanced people out there. Yeah. I feel the same way. I mean, like I've always, I like death metal a lot more than black metal. I listen to a lot of it or a lot of black metal as well, but like, <clears throat> I just like the fun aspect, but I also like, um, yeah, it just seems like, like you say, yeah, they're, they're balanced people for the most part. I mean, yeah. Um, maybe writing songs about, gutting people is not the most balanced thing in the world. But um the but if I know if you look at it from a sense of humor or fantasy standpoint, it's it's not that bad. Oh definitely. I mean I'd I'd argue that you're probably more balanced and stable if you're singing songs about gutting people than actually gutting people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like the theory like the like the manga theory, right? Where you you have a place to put all your sick and twisted ideas like into a hentai comic book or some shit like that. And then it allows that stuff to express itself. So you don't have to, you know, 
become like an actual true psycho killer or some, some yeah, shit like you that. You actually have to find a tentacle to fuck some woman with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, trust me, it's not easy. <laughs> what, finding a tentacle or, or the woman that wants it? <laughs> well, once you found the tentacle. Uh, <laughs> it's all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, this this descended quickly. <laughs> so, did, is that the kind of stuff like uh, like movies and and things like that? Is that where you kind of draw like your inspiration from, or just like you know the everyday life in New York, since it's such a great mesh of culture and stuff like that? Is do you kind of like draw from that and for your songs? Or? Uh, I mean, lyrically, because like another great thing about this band is that like we all contribute. Um, pretty much equally when it comes to lyrics and uh and so sometimes i i take my inspiration from from movies and stuff like that um and then other times i've got a little more like serious inspiration but uh i think like goat claw like i wrote the lyrics to that one and that one's inspired by uh drug experiences psychedelic drug experiences specifically. Um, and then uh, <laughs> the beast, I wrote the lyrics to that one. That one's just kind of about sex. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Ryan writes a lot too. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure where Ryan, Ryan gets his lyrics from where you get your lyrics from, Ryan. Oh man. I don't know. Um, I think one one of the one of the tunes was actually uh, I was tripping on on acid at this uh, house party in in Brooklyn a while back, and um, there was this this uh, acid house tune came on, and it was actually called Mind Power, and it was just like this. It was like the illest tune. It had this like tuned down voice. It's like mind power, mind power. That's fucking. It's super sick, and it just like that shit just fucking impregnated my mind. I was like, oh shit, you know, like in a in a good in one of those kind of situations, uh, you can almost like program your your brain or whatever, right? So. A lot of those, He's on those acid. He's on yeah, acid. a lot of those those kind of <laughs> dances tap into like almost like a tribal aspect where a lot of the music is actually quite you know positive and empowering. So you leave the dance with kind of you know energies or or almost like mental advertisements that that will give you. Uh, more strength and sort of you know other parts of your, your life and stuff like that and so anyway yeah we basically we, we wrote a thing called my mind power that was basically well, you know from that experience and i was like oh shit well maybe I, we could write one that was just basically like good like propaganda like in a good way you know like to to uh basically have kind of lyrics that that would be almost like a mantra for for people to to trust their own minds or you know what i mean trust their own like like um inner strength or, or, or whatever but, yeah dude that's fucking cool man that's why yeah, I, I love the diversity of you guys man positive grindcore yeah right <laughs> 
It's like grindcore with a purpose. I love it. Yeah. It'll be the first grindcore show you go to where you're actually feeling positive and not want to just fucking shank somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what do you guys what do you guys have coming up tour wise? Do you have any tours booked? Do you have any, you know, a bunch of shows lined up? Well, uh, we just did a little uh, tour with our, our friends from Oakland, this band called Borla. They flew out, um, and our friend Marcel, she's the singer. She's, like, really good friends with uh, my wife. But also um, the other members are Sonny, who's the guitar player in Necrot. Oh. And then uh, the Dustin, he's the guitar player in Depygus. And uh, Cody, he's the drummer from that band Void Amina. Uh, all these, like, you know, Bay Area freaks. Yeah. But um, really awesome. They were great. Uh, we did, uh, we only played like four shows, um, unfortunately, because everybody's got wild schedules. And we came out, they, they came out like the week before MDF. So it was really great to see them and like see everybody actually have people show up for the shows because if you're going to do like an East Coast run around MDF, it's really hard to get fucking to get people to go to the shows and to get venues. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because every like every band is coming through and trying to do like either a build up, you know, touring around the whole the festival. So before and after. So we also played with. Um, uh, Loud Night, just our friends from Richmond. Um, they're like a like a raw punk band uh, with Andy uh, Andy Horn on vocals, um, and he was the singer, original singer of Cannabis Corpse. He plays in Battlemaster, and he's also in uh, Crossfitter. Oh, nice! So check out those bands; they fucking rip. And then. Uh, also, we played with um, Spider, S-P-I-T-E-R, which is uh, Dick. He had that band Shitfucker from Detroit. And then Francis, who plays plays bass in Spider, but he plays lead guitar in Devil Master. Oh, um, nice. Holy shit. Yeah, because I think they're out of Philly, I think, actually. Devil Master. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- yeah Dick moved um, over the pandemic. He moved from... Uh, from Detroit to Philly, and uh, they started that band, which is really cool. So yeah, there was we had our little four band bill that we were jumping around. We played uh, Brooklyn, and then we, we played Vitus, and then we played uh, uh, Philadelphia, a place called Photo Club, and then we played uh, DC, played Atlas Brewery, thanks to Hassan, um, and then we played. Uh, Richmond, we played Cobra Cabana, which uh, was a lot of fun. It's nice to play outside on a patio, but there's also, you know, comes with its own challenges like the weather. So, <laughs> but it, it was cool. It was really cool because we were all like bugged out because we saw like this giant storm, like storm clouds coming in, got real dark, real, real fast and purple and shit. And we were like, oh no, are we going to have to do this? And then, but it didn't actually rain, and, which is awesome because you get to play, but it's also really awesome to play while looking at a storm and not actually getting stormed on. So that, 
that's pretty fucking yeah there was there was like there was like oh don't worry if it rains we got these tarps you could just throw your, these tarps on top of your fucking stacks it was like oh bro come on like, like <laughs> yeah tarps always stop yeah. electrocution yeah totally no i yeah Hassan from Ripping Headaches down there in, in D.C., man, he puts on some stellar shows, man. He has some great bands that come through. I always said I, I'd yeah. love to get him on the show just to talk to him. Yeah, I mean, I think he's uh, he's going to come up and crash with me for the Weregoat show that's happening uh, here in a few weeks. Oh, they, <laughs> they, yeah, I was going to say, there are are coming up. Yeah, that's going to be a fucking banger of a show. Yeah, that'll be fun. But... Yeah. Uh, I yeah, gotta go say, ahead, Vitus is one of my favorite clubs, like anywhere on the East Coast. Yeah, it's a good time. They've got it pretty well dialed. Um, yeah, and just got a new PA system too, so that's nice. Oh, it's really so. nice. So, what was loud will now be louder. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> you might actually be able to hear the vocals one of these days. <laughs> I, I could, I'll tell you what, we came up to see Exhorter when they played, and I thought the sound was fucking spot on that night. Well, Rob, uh, Rob works there, and, and he's one of the, the sound engineers, so. There so yeah, we got, that, we got that shit figured out. So Pretty thank cool. you. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, thanks. But that's the other thing is, like, it's, it was, what's good about that club is that, like, we've now – not, not to be, I don't want to, I don't want to sound exclusive or anything, but like Vitus has gotten really good. Like we got good at picking metal, heavy metal sound engineers, you know? So people, cause if you've ever been to a show where the sound engineer isn't or doesn't give a shit or doesn't know the music at all. And then the, you know, the band doesn't sound anything like they should. Yeah. It just is music coming through the speakers. You know what I mean? So no, absolutely. having someone, someone appropriate for the application is totally key. Well, that's the benefit since they, they specialize in one type of music versus clubs that have a bunch of different stuff. It's good to have that kind of diversity, but then you, it's hard to have, you know, for the sound people equipment, even the, how you lay the space out, you know, might be one way for dance music or one way for live bands and etc so that's an advantage for for them since they just you know pretty much metal only no yeah we completely understand because i mean we've been to a lot of shows where like you said they have diversity and i remember we saw black dahlia murders a couple years back and it was like the first time that they had an extreme show like that in a little while so when black dahlia came on when they were doing the uh uh, I think it was a, the anniversary show for the, the I can't think of what the, the Nocturnus album I think it might have been. It was just all mushed together because of that, and it was just terrible. I mean, I we ended up yeah. like three quarters of the way through the show because it was just even the guitar solos you couldn't even really make them out. That sucks. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, help. The worst doesn't help when you have a front of house guy and a back of house guy that fucking don't aren't cohesive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you guys, this this latest release of uh, Goat Claw, you released it with a uh, hundred edition uh, gold vinyl and then like two hundred black vinyl. Are you guys vinyl collectors yourselves? 
Yeah, man. Check this shit out. Oh shit! Oh fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Records, bro. Records, <laughs> records. <laughs> Mine isn't as epic, but oh I got. Is that it? <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. Nice. And then, oh, then then there's that. Just hanging out. Oh, then I got that. Other than that. Other than that. Nice. And then the King, oh. and then Tom Tom G. Oh yes. And then my old records. Oh, here's this one. It's cool. Turn on the light. That was like original skull shitter design by Nate Costeco. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So. yeah. And then uh, more skulls. But what was <laughs> I going to show you? <laughs> oh yeah. And then also keep it metal. It was in my kitchen. Stuck in. Ah, there you go. Yes. yes. <laughs> now you're touching on the nerve. Now we're gonna start talking vinyl now for like another hour. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, here's the funny thing is that uh, uh yeah, I guess originally it was supposed to be a hundred gold and two hundred black, but they ended up just making them all gold. So Oh no shit. Uh yeah, not nearly as limited as <laughs> we originally intended, but hey, it's we got cool. a gold record, man. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I want that now. I just want one in black, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> Get your own limited good. black. One of one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy now. Like it, it bands come out and they'll have like. You know, a hundred of this, two hundred of that, three hundred of that. I just feel compelled to buy one of each. I know I'm the same way, but then I'm like, I, I'm like, what am I going to do with all these? They don't sound different. <laughs> well, I've I've, I've kind of narrowed that problem down to like just my favorite bands. You know, like I'll just collect everything of my favorite bands, and like anyone else, fuck it. You're just I'm buying one, and that's the end of it. Yeah. Hey man, regardless, you buy something, everybody appreciates the support. It's hard enough, you know what I mean. So that's awesome. Um, buying buying vinyl in general, you know what I mean. Yeah, it made it made it fun again. You know, I mean, yeah, it, you can't fucking show off your digital collection. No, can't. It's kind of weird. So, and let's be and honest. Then, uh, Back in the day yeah, when we it, saw an album, that's usually what we, the cover was awesome or fucking cool. That's what you bought. You ended up buying. And that's how you ended up finding awesome bands. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what we were trying to do with this record. Like, you know, when, when you're making a record, you kind of want to think of it like when you're thinking about the cover and everything. You're like, in my head, I was like, where does this, what this, what would this look like in a record store in the metal section? You know what I mean? So I was like, that's why I kind of chose to make it a white record cover, white and gold, as opposed to like black and dark, yeah. you know? So it kind of like sticks out when you're thumbing through records at the record store or at some like metal festival in the distro bin. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. So. It's, it's a very distinctive <clears throat> album cover. It's cool. It's just fucking cool. <laughs> who, who, yeah. did the, who did the artwork for it? This dude, his name is uh, Taz Danizoglu. He's from Greece. 
he's a tattooer and a musician. He played bass in uh, uh, Electric Wizard for a little while. Fucking cool. He also, yeah. he also plays drums and wrote the music for that band Friends of Hell. Uh, and then he has uh, he plays in this other heavy traditional heavy metal band called Mirror. And then he has another band. He had, he had that band Satan's Wrath, which is really like awesome like black and thrash metal, metal yep. um and i think he also had like a side project with basically the same thing called diabolos or something like that but yeah all that shit the dude's pretty prolific and he's a sick tattooer on top of all that so oh, that's wild um, <laughs> yeah juan our resident yeah. juan our resident uh uh cohort uh cohort here is also a tattoo artist so you know you're, oh, spe- cool. you're speaking our language yeah, hell yeah, man. Yeah, I um I work with uh, uh with Chris Garver as well. So I'm like deep in the tattoo world. So is Ryan. Like the three of us are we're all like big tattoo collectors and fanatics about it. So it was pretty pretty awesome to have to, like bring that world a little closer into the heavy metal world. Our heavy metal world. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, that, like I said, the artwork is absolutely yeah, it's killer. So yeah, it's cool. And the you know, like as a record collector, I like to make it fun. I like you know, so the record is colored and comes with a poster and full color insert. So it's pretty cool. The more the merrier, man. Pretty. Yeah, usually when yeah, definitely. Have... Well, it's always like when we play uh punk houses or whatever and you go into some like you know i always thought like whoever's house we're playing is like way cooler than i am <laughs> i was like man what's going on in here I try to like get with it you know and like kind of look at the walls and see what posters they got and be like man i want my poster on this wall i want to be that cool <laughs> but so that's that's the whole idea behind the poster i'm like man, I try to get a poster on a punk house wall <laughs> that's cool actually goals. <laughs> that's great marketing yeah right yeah. those are my goals as a <laughs> as a middle-aged man that's what i want to do in my life all right so i have to ask one question and i'm probably sure you get it everywhere you go where did skull shit or the name come from because the fucking name is so awesome that i have to ask uh you want to start ryan i don't i, I don't know where do you my memory is pretty right. shot man <laughs> middle-aged men uh, so um so we were like tossing it around a lot like we because we were like a band for a full year before we played out and uh as it was getting closer we were kind of like all right we know what kind of music we're kind of like shooting for you know we're doing like a grindcore thing and at beginning you know i was kind of pushing a little closer to like more core grind and then like you know i had written a song that's on the demo called playing with my vomit so it was kind of (laughs) going that direction and then uh we were we uh we had come up with a bunch of names and like uh we had also written a song we were doing like ryan especially ryan but me as well. Sean, not as much, but we were doing a lot of psychedelics and we had Ryan wrote a song called psychic landfills about having like a hangover from like a fucking LSD hangover. (laughs) 
And I'm like, man, my head feels like shit. And then we were just talking about that. And at one point we were, we were like, wow, what can we call our band name? And I have some health problems. And I was like, what about rectal anarchy? It's <laughs> 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 like, I think, uh, I think Ryan might've come up with that, making fun of me actually. And then, uh, <laughs> And I was like, that might pigeonhole us a little bit into a very specific <laughs> subgenre of grindcore <laughs> that we don't necessarily need to be associated with. And then I was like, ah. And then I think shortly after that, like Skull Shitter kind of came out of my mouth because it was like, it kind of, it's kind of like rectal anarchy. It's like, you know, like the shit just comes out of your head. Or your head feels like shit. It's got shit in it, so <laughs> I think we can go with that. <laughs> yeah, you're getting, dang- also- you're getting dangerously close to every song title having to be it, whatever it is, is gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Technology is gay. A little anal cut yeah. <laughs> throwback in there. I was going to say it earlier, but I was at the store and I was like, uh, at the cash register, I was like, anal cut? <laughs> and then if I said that, I'm sure the fucking person running the register would have like, not sold me the potatoes I was trying to buy. <laughs> yeah, they might have questioned what you were up to with them. Yeah, like, I don't know where these tailpipes are. <laughs> you need to not put these potatoes in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it is definitely a me- like, it's one of those names that just sticks. You know, it's just, it, it, like, when I first heard. Uh, when I first heard you guys, it, like I said, it was off a it was off of like a Bandcamp radio station of some sort. Of, I'm not sure who it was. I think it might have been like Brutal Truth or something like that. I'm not 100 percent sure. And it was like as soon as that name came across, I was like, holy shit! And then it stuck. And then the music is just kind of like right there, like directly behind it. So it was one of those things where it just made an ins- uh, like instantly memorable. Awesome, thanks, man. Really appreciate that. You know. It's, it's, um, I've always, because I've worked in music so much and worked in venues and all that stuff, I have a lot of personal conflict with a lot of bands that come through. I mean, this is my internal personal because of their name. I'm like, really? You would name your fucking band that? Like, no one else was thinking about anything else? Like, you know, like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, and a lot of times when, like, I'm like, you know, I just look at the calendar and it says the band name and I might not know it, but it's probably a huge band, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to work with this band. And immediately, you know, your brain, that's what, you know, a band name is supposed to do. It's kind of like, like word association kind of thing, right? So you're like, okay, well, what is this band going to sound like? And if it's a band with like three words or four words in the name, you automatically know it's like some fucked up screamo or mallcore band. <laughs> bullshit like that (laughs) i try to try to keep it simple (laughs) well simple works best you know it's it's, you know like you said it's like the moment that you start adding three four words together and it becomes a a project you know it's like you said it's instantly forgettable yeah but i mean you know everything has its place you know like those bands make their they formulate their names so they can be associated with that. And I just kind of wanted to be like a little edgy, a little fun, a little silly, you know, and like ticking cues from like motorhead and stuff like that. Like, 
sleazy, fun, silly, kind of serious. And then also is, you know, uh, a good icebreaker. You know, it generates interest. You know what I mean? Like Motorhead's a fucking great name. Yeah, it know? is. And it, so it's like, no, I like, guess, uh, yeah, kind of on that tip. No, because like you said, it's, you know, it. You know, especially Lemmy, you know, the dude was a cool, laid back kind of guy, you know, shoot the shit with you. And then all of a sudden it's like they get on stage and they'll absolutely shred, you know. Yeah. You know, that it's like we can we can have fun, but we can also get down to business. So, no, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. Yeah, for sure. Is there a, is there any bands you guys want to play with, like like are trying to play with? Like what's on your bucket list as far as touring? Mm-hmm. By you, Ryan. That's a bucket list, huh? Who I'd want to play with? Uh, too late now, but Motorhead would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been uh, well, who, I mean, realistically, I mean, I love, I love like Bird Flesh. Oh, nice. And that band, like, you know, they had a project, uh, called jigsaw terror yes and i was i was lucky enough to see them at mdf one year and that would that would be like a band that i'd want to see or play with that would be really awesome but you know that's not going to happen uh we didn't play with general surgery but they used our stuff once oh very cool and that was cool so we got there in juju uh or or whatever you want to call it and then uh see who else um coffins would be sick yes oh yeah in japan that would be sick yeah go to japan play with coffins bathtub shitter guess can't really do that now (laughs) um i'd love to see you guys with no moss oh yeah that would be fun I think the the dude, the guitar player, came out to a show. We played at a puck house, actually. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Dude, yeah, we played in D.C. Um, and this this Danny, who has this band called Grishka, he's got this house called Hell House. And we played in the basement. And um, it, was, it was a really killer show. A lot of kids came out, and they had a really good time. We got really drunk. Um, <laughs> Because we played fast, <laughs> probably a little too drunk. I never, I specifically remember being like, "Oh shit, I'm over the line. I have to fucking play." <laughs> Six strings become twelve. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, "Oh, oh man, all right, here we go." <laughs> now you're behind. A, yeah, now you're behind a set of Neil Perch drum set. Now all of a sudden, you've got rototoms. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just trying. It's more like Spinal Tap. I'm just trying to stay on the drum stool. <laughs> uh, and then, um, yeah, Nomas would be great. Uh, let's see. Who else would I like to play with? Um, I like anyone, really. I mean, we're always really down to fucking hang out, party with him, with anyone who's got the time. Yeah. Uh, you know? Let me flip through this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. There's there's so many bands out there. Um, I think playing a triac would be really cool. Oh yeah, they're f- 
phenomenal as well. Yeah, I wish that, really. That, those awesome. are those guys I wish. That's one of those bands that I really wish would get a little more attention because they're just so good. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to play with fucking Archgoat, but I know that we're not necessarily on the same satanic page as they are. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're they're one of those really serious bands. And, but it would be awesome to... We could curate a serious set for them. I, I don't know. Maybe you guys <laughs> can kind of lean them to have a little more fun as well. You know what I mean? Maybe you can kind of coax them to come out of that show a little bit of just... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I did meet those guys once. Like, they came to Brooklyn, like, several years ago, played a festival that I was working, and uh, I'm, like, friends with the promoter and everything. So they came into town and got to hang out with them at the bar for a few times. And they're, like, they're Finnish people, and which are, you know, great people, but mostly jet-lagged. Every time I've ever had interactions with Finnish musicians, they're usually just, like, you're always trying to get it get something out of them and they're just tired <laughs> and you're like okay i guess this is where this conversation's not going <laughs> but at the time um at the time i had like a an old like 1977 chopper like an iron head chopper that i rode to the bar to meet meet him and the guitar player was really cool and he came out and he was all vibing on the on the motorcycle so somewhere on one of my old phones, I got a picture of Arch Goat on my chopper, which is pretty nice. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you know, it's parked and, you know, whenever you you do the fantasy sit where you sit sit on the bike and it's not moving, you just put your hands <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Nice like, easy yeah. rider spread. <laughs> yeah. I have one of those Arch Goat <laughs> on my motorcycle. That's great. That needs but, to appear inside of an album cover sometime. <laughs> Yeah, that needs to go in the heavy metal collage. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the, there was one thing that was really cool about that guy. Um, I think is it Lord Angel Slayer, whatever his name is. Uh, he's at the time. I don't know if that's what he still does, but he was a he's a mechanical engineer for Mercedes. Holy shit! Yeah, and wow. so like you know, in drive you see motherfuckers driving benzos around. Like, that is a satanic ass car. <laughs> <laughs> Without a red, uh, the inside, the fucking all the dashboard shit is all yeah. red, black. I was like, I think some of the Mercedes Benz, I think the red interior is even called Oxblood. So yeah, you, I think you're onto something there. <laughs> yeah, he's into it. He is cool though. He's like, he's like, I build. Engines for Mercedes. I was like, "Wow, that's awesome." He's like, "No, it sucks." <laughs> like, okay, and he's like, "Yes, but your motorcycle is cool." I'm like, "It's a pain in the ass." He's like, "It has soul." I was like, "Okay." I was gonna say it has a shitty attitude. But <laughs> yeah, all right. So, but yeah, uh, playing uh, with Archco would be fins. cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right gentlemen well yeah. we don't want to take up too much of your time and dude and we really really appreciate you coming on because like i said we are big fans you know we appreciate the time taking to talk to us and and you know we yeah. had a blast, man. we really did thank you so much um what's your guys's uh address and like do you guys have a physical record already if not like we can send you a care package i'd love to do that 
Oh, absolutely, man. Because yeah, because like I said, we, I was going to talk and 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 like after we get off the show, we'll talk to you for a little bit because uh, we wanted to get some information from you. Because we would, like I said, we're fans. We want to promote you as much as possible, as well as invite you back. Oh. Let us know whenever you guys got something going on or anything like that. Cool. Yeah, I think honestly, our next performance is like a Necrofest after show um, that's at the Kingsland here in Brooklyn, nice. and it's a versus set with a. Uh, that band from Boston called Strictly Hip Hop. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause yeah. I think one of, our, one of our local bands, I think is on Necrofest outer heaven. I think they're part of the Necrofest. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's one of our local bands around here. I think is part of that. Yeah. So. Those dudes rule. We played with them in uh, last August, almost a year ago. Holy shit. <laughs> that was like, that was like our first show out of, uh, uh since, since, uh, Oh yeah, at pie, pie Shop, right? Those, yeah, DC. That was great. Yeah, yeah, guys, rip. Yeah, because they're yeah, because because uh, we know the one guitar player used to play with Rivers and Nile, which is also another local band from around here. So it's like you know we have this great metal, and I'm hoping that we can get like open up a nice highway too, maybe bring you guys down for some shows and, and shit like that. So like I said, we want to kind of work with uh work with you to kind of just promote not only promote you guys, but just as well as get the music and other bands out. Oh, thank you so much. Hell yeah. Absolutely, man. Thanks for putting out great music. Oh, yeah. I mean, this you guys are what the podcast was started about, you know. Oh, awesome. Appreciate that, man. Try to keep it true. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. So then what we're going to do is we're going to play your, we're going to play uh, Morbid Tomb. Is that what we're going to play on the way no, out? No, Angel Decay. Yeah, we're going to play. play some Angel Decay on the way out. Like I said, if you can just hang on, we'll talk to you and get some information from you and, and you know, we'll do all that fun stuff. All right, thanks a lot. Good. I really appreciate yeah. that. Thank you, bro. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Gods of darkness, breeders of chaos, come forth and take possession of this vile world.